want to preface my message this morning by telling you, I'm, first of all, I'm, I'm not going to preach from the gospel. We've been talking about the bread of life for the last couple of weeks. But every now and then something strikes me, believe it or not. And, and I just see something, a message that I think that we need to talk about. And I know this doesn't apply to everybody because as I look around, you all have got such happy faces. Things aren't worrying you. Right? Everything is cool. Right? Not a problem in the world. Right? Okay. So this whole sermon is for nobody but me. I saw a post on Facebook the other day of a cartoon depicting the sinking of the Titanic. And I mean the, the cartoon with Titanic is going down like so. And, and above the Titanic there's these balloons. You know balloons are what cartoonists write their dialogue in so that you know somebody down below is speaking. You can't see them but you see the arrow pointing down to the ship. And this is what the first balloon read. First they said unsinkable. Now they say we're sinking. Why should we believe them? The next balloon read, I don't see an iceberg. Nobody I know saw an iceberg. Yet another read, the hole in the ship is below the water line? Oh, that's convenient. Must be a hoax. And finally, this crisis was made up by the lifeboat industry. You can't make me get into a lifeboat. I have rights. Let me clarify, I'm not taking sides in this battle, I know better than that. But the thought of this post, I thought this post was sadly funny. Obviously the author of the cartoon was being a bit sarcastic and most certainly was addressing those who challenged the existence of the pandemic and the strong recommendation to wear masks. Well, Paul told the Ephesians that they were living in an evil time. And today the conspiracy theorist would have us believe George Orwell's predictions are coming true. Well, with everything going on in the world and in our, in our, our country between the pandemic and political division, between human rights and spiritual warfare, I think the reading from Paul's letter to the Ephesians is right on point right on point as to where we are and what we should be doing. You see, Paul tells the Ephesians, the Ephesians, be careful how you live. Do not live as unwise people, but like wise people. And how do we do this? How do we live as wise people? Be careful how you live. Does that mean we should self-quarantine or maybe we should wear a mask and just totally avoid everyone else how do we cope with this pandemic that has again reared its ugly head how do we live in constant fear of contracting the virus or having to change our lifestyle or running the risk of losing everything or even worse losing a loved one and should we speak up on current events or simply withdraw to our secure places. And now, how does the Apostle Paul's words to the Ephesians 2,000 plus years ago give strength and courage to us today? Well, last week in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we heard him say 
Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. You see, what Paul's doing is he sets before his Christian people the highest standard in the world. He tells them they must be imitators of God. Barclay tells us that it's as if Paul was saying, if you were to train to be an orator, you would be told to imitate the master of speech. Since you are training in life, you must imitate the Lord of all good life. Well, by becoming imitators of Christ, are we assured that we will be safe from all harm? Of course not. But we will be assured of peace of mind and spiritual happiness. And I believe the answer is simple. The answer is very simple. It's simply faith over fear. Having faith over fear. John Wesley, in an entry in his journal, wrote of a time when he was on board a ship with a group of Christian Moravians that were on their way here to America. And he writes that, at seven, I went to the Germans, or the Moravians, and I'm guessing seven was probably the time of their worship. It ties into what he was saying. And he goes on to say, I had long before observed the great seriousness of their behavior. Of their humility, they had given a continual proof by performing those servile offices for other passengers, which, by the way, none of the English would undertake, for which they desired and would receive no pay, saying it was good for their proud hearts and their loving Savior had done more for them. Wesley goes on to describe a terrible storm that arose in the middle of the worship where the mast was broken into splinters and the waves were flashing over the, over the ship and everybody was beginning to panic and he, um, he says, the other passengers shrunk in terror. A terrible screaming began among the English, Wesley wrote. The Germans, the Moravians, calmly sang on. Wesley later, after the storm had passed, asked one of the Moravians, were you not afraid? He answered, I thank God, no. But were not your women and children afraid? He replied mildly, no, our women and children are not afraid. You see, the Moravians were filled with the Spirit. That's what Paul is telling us in this letter to the Ephesians. He says, don't get drunk, that's, that's debauchery. Don't fill yourself with evil spirits. Fill yourself with the Spirit of God. We too need to be filled with the Spirit to look carefully how we walk and see what God would have us do. Our faith today will lead to singing in the storm. The Moravians humbled themselves. They served where others wouldn't. They were filled with the Spirit and through them the Spirit filled Wesley. Well, when God gets involved, it doesn't mean everything will be safe. It just means that everything will matter. God wants that, in, wants that in your life and in our lives today. He wants things to matter. And we need to be filled with the Spirit with a sense of urgency. Now, I'm going to shift on you just a little bit, but I think it's still in, 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 the, in the same order. But when we talk of life when we were young to our children and our grandchildren, as we all have done. And just as our parents had talked to us, 
Did we ever say, when we talked about our youth, life was simpler then? I wonder if our grandchildren will describe these times as simple. But there was a time, there was a time when life could be described as simple. And if you listen to the, how the early Christian church in Paul's time was described, it was described this way. The early church was a singing, singing choir, a singing church. They sang uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. It had a happiness which made the people sing. Now, don't get me wrong, those times were not the happiest, best of times. I mean, these people were targets that had become Christians who were doing this. But through singing and psalms and spiritual songs and being together, there was a happiness, there was a peace, there was a trust, there was faith. The early church was a thankful church. The instinct was to give thanks for all things and in all places and at all times. Chrysostom, Chrysostom even said that he ought to be thankful for hell. Because you say, hell was a warning for him to keep going the right way. It was a thankful church because its members had such a consciousness that they were in the hands of God. And then finally, the early church was a church where people honored and respected each other. Paul says that the reason for this mutual honor and respect was because they reverenced Christ. They saw each other not in the light of their professions or social standings, but in the light of Christ. And therefore they saw the dignity of every person. Now me, I've, I've always described myself as being a terminal romantic. Love always wins in the end. If it doesn't, I turn the movie off. Love always in, wins in the end. And if we believe in faith over fear, we will survive these days of hardship that civilization has in the past and from time to time endured. Now, back to me, I, I receive a little sustenance from music. I love music, you all know that. I, I love all kinds of music. Well, except one. I'm not real big on rap. But others are, so that's good. Uh, and sometimes um, I, I receive this the music and it encourages me to be strong and to trust in God as it should encourage all of us. And sometimes when I'm not careful and I slip into one of those times that I call and refer to myself as poor me. When I look around and see my bruises, my arthritis, my whatever and think the world's against me and say poor me, I can find sustenance in music. Now I only bring this up because I, I, I want to tell you that in what's going on in the, in the country and the world today that we need to be strong, we need to hold on, and we need to have somebody or some hero or something to look forward to. And there's a contemporary group out there I'm hoping you all have heard about called Mercy Me. Had some great, great songs over the years. But they've got one out now. And if you ever go to YouTube, if you ever watch that, Look up the, vi the uh, video on this particular song. It, it's called, Say I Won't, Say I Won't. And here's the background on it. Mercy Me, they have a, a good friend that was a friend of the band for many years, who, I don't know that what happened, but he, he became septic and they rushed him to a hospital right here in Orlando. And when he woke up, he no longer had his arms or legs. And Mercy Me, 
wrote this song to show his determination to walk again. Today it all begins. I'm seeing my life for the very first time through a different lens. Yesterday I didn't understand driving 35 with a rocket inside. Didn't know what I had. Well, I've been waiting to live my life's been waiting on me. I'm going to run. No, I'm going to fly. And here's my favorite line. I'm going to know what it means to live and not just be alive. I'm going to know what it means to live and not just be alive. We can take that one to the bank. And he goes on to say, The world's going to hear because I'm going to shout and I will be dancing when circumstances drown the music out. Say I won't, say I won't, say I won't, say I won't. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So keep on saying I won't and I'll keep proving you wrong. And there's one other artist I'm going to bring up. Jack Cassidy's got a song out called Let Go, Let God. And we talk about that all the time. Let go, let God. And I think it's, a, it's an answer to where we are today. Let go, let God. And he says, I've been hurting. I've been burdened too long, too long. Fear is falling. Chains are breaking. So long, so long. Let go, let God. Let go, let God. I'm learning to let go and let God show me how to be me. I'm learning to let go and let God show me how to be free. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light, my daily bread and my daily delight. I'm learning to let go and let God so I can be the real me. Now the psalmist tells us, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. And in the 27th Psalm he writes, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? In Paul's letter to Timothy, he writes, God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Please be safe out there. Please trust, and may the Lord protect you. Amen.